0: Is the Torah racist? Are the Jews a superior people? And why are Jews so bad at sports? I'm married to a Mexican. And I'm Mati Cohen. This is Jewish Thought Flow.
1: In this week's episode, we want to explore if the Torah is racist. But before we do that, we have to define what we mean
0: by racist. You'll notice a trend in Jewish Thought Flow that before we begin discussions, we will define our terms is very important in order that you're not arguing past each other. If you're both working under the same definitions, then you can get to the point. And truth is what we're at. The
1: Oxford definition of racism is the inability or refusal to recognize the rights, needs, dignity, or value of people of particular races or geographical origins. More widely, this is still a definition, the devaluation of various traits of character or intelligence as typical
0: of particular For the purposes of this episode, we're not going to be discussing the color of one's skin or the nation of origin. We're going to be focusing on the difference between Jews and non-Jews, as in the bracha hamavdil bain yisrael amim, the one who
1: separated between the Jews and the non-Jews. This does not mean that the Torah does not have what to say about skin color or nation of origin. In fact, the Torah is replete
0: with generalized statements about nations and families, most famously, the curse of Canaan and Ham, uh, which actually specifically ties it into a racial uh, skin color. Right. Actually, the Medrash brings
1: that part of his curse was that his skin color changed. But we're not going to go there. We don't want to get in trouble. That's not even our topic. We want to talk about difference between the Jews and the non-Jews.
0: Most specifically, we want to know if the terror holds that the Jew is an elevated being. Nat- this whole conversation might get you very uncomfortable. The thought that one nation can be intrinsically greater than another nation. Or the fact that the tire might be racist. Isn't racism wrong? But in truth, racism is not necessarily wrong. The question is is it true? If, for example, we had a certain race, let's say anybody with green skin had the ability to fly, then to recognize that reality and say anybody who does not have green skin is not able to fly, that's obviously not a problem, but under the strict definition that we're using, that is racist.
1: Right, and let's go the adverse way, right? Let's say you had a nation that was yellow, or the yellow people. Oh, no, there is a nation that's yellow. Okay, let's go with the purple people. Let's say all purple people couldn't see, couldn't walk, and couldn't speak. Would you not suggest that there's a different way society should handle them than the average person? In fact, this is something very common, actually. Amongst us, we have people who are special needs. They're born with certain mental disabilities. And we don't treat them the same way we treat everybody else. They don't go to the same schools, they don't take the same tests, and they don't get the same jobs. Yet we all understand that it's not wrong, in fact it's kind, because their skill set is not up to par with your average human, and therefore need to be treated differently so they can reach their full potential. This is another form of racism, where you're taking a whole group, you're ascribing quality to them,
0: and then you're treating them in a different way manner. As we emphasized in our previous podcast, the way that a Jew defines his truths is through the Torah. So the way to figure out is a certain nation intrinsically different than another or not would be to look at what the Torah holds. And don't worry, Hashem made a perfect world
1: and he made a Torah that's perfect to that world. It's a code that works for the world and it'll help every single aspect of creation reach their full potential because again Hashem only wants to do kindness Teva the way of Hashem is to do good so in order for us to unlock that good and access it we have to look at Torah to see what it's telling us how we are supposed to treat our fellow and how we are supposed to think about our fellow and how to understand the differences amongst people now again if your concern is modern values the Torah in this topic is not going to be fun for you even if we can't prove that the Torah holds there are inherent differences between Jews and non Jews, i.e., a Jew is an elevated being, a different type of human, it is indisputable amongst all the sources that there are notable differences
0: that modern values would deem absolutely disgusting. For example, a Jew would not get killed for killing a non Jew. But if a non-Jew killed anyone, they'd
1: be killed. And this is not because of the value system of the non-Jew, because the Rambam states in Hilchus R'tseach that even a Ger Toshev, which is a non-Jew who keeps all seven mitzvahs b'nei noach, which is exactly what he's supposed to be doing, also the Jew does not get killed for killing them. We also don't save a non-Jew's life on Shabbos, right? Shabbos is Nitra. Shabbos is pushed off for a Jewish life. If a Jewish life is in danger, we break Shabbos. In fact, we break the whole Torah except for the big three. But otherwise,
0: we break all parts of the in order to save a Jew's life. We do not do that for a non-Jew. The Mishnah in Perk and in Perk Gimel, uh, Mishnah Yodaled, says, <laughs> That the Jews are precious because they're called sons to, to Hashem. This is one of countless sources that delineates the difference
1: between the Jews and non-Jews in regards to their relationship to Hashem, where they're called the sons of Hashem. Everybody else in creation is just the creation of Hashem. The Jewish people are called the sons of Hashem. The Jews are under a special Ashkacha that we will never be destroyed, which is something the non-Jews do not have. There's no guarantee any particular nation and the non-Jews will not be destroyed. We also have kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chilak Lom Haba, which means every Jew has a portion in the world to come unless they really mess it up. This is also something that the non-Jew does not have access to. In order for the non-Jew to make Olam Haba, he has to be pretty darn perfect. He has to do
0: extra things to get in. The Jew just has to not ruin it. Additionally, besides for the overriding of shkacha that the Jewish nation will never be destroyed, in the particular, Hashem's Ashkacha on the Jewish nation is very different than the way it's run with the non-Jews. We have a concept in Mazel B'Yisrael, that there's no luck by the Jews. Sorry, and even according to the opinions that yesh Mazel B'Yisrael, it's very clear from all of Farshim there
1: that it doesn't mean that it works the same as a non-Jew, it just means that there are certain things that go under the mazel, or there's a whole discussion over there. However, it's clear the way of a between Hashem and the Jewish people is not the same way of Hashem and the non-Jew. Now, we didn't bring sources for any of these, because these are all universals. There's nobody who argues on it. You just do a quick search of any of these terms, you'll see nobody argues on these ideas. Now, again, if you hold of these ideas, which is indisputable parts of Torah, you are a modern-day racist, can you imagine getting up? Let's just use the trigger term, black and white, right? Can you imagine getting up and I'll just say the same things over? I'll just use white versus black. So a white doesn't get killed for killing a black. A black does get killed for killing a white. We don't save black lives on Shabbos. Only whites are called sons of God. We have a, the the white people have a special relationship with Hashem, where Hashem particularly takes care of them so they'll never be destroyed. The white man inherits the world to come without doing as much work as the black man. So once you hold of Tyra, you can't escape being a modern day racist. So I think it's best if you just leave your woke attitude behind and let's discover truth. That being said, let's head to the sources to see what terror actually holds about the inherent difference between a Jew and a non-Jew. We only brought the sources that we could find that seemingly say it pretty explicit that there's an inherent difference in the makeup of a Jew versus a non-Jew. So the first source that I brought, which everybody seems to know of, is the Kuzari. The Kuzari can be found in Meimer Aleph, Chelik Tzadieh, which is the first treatise, the 95th part. Now, the Kuzari was a conversation... Um, between the Kuzar king and a couple of religious leaders, including one religious leader from the Jewish people, because he was investigating what is the greatest faith. In one of the conversations, the Jew is describing, the Jewish Chacham is describing how great the Jewish people are. And he explains that there was this special gene, this special, holy, connected-to-God gene that was passed down through individuals up until Avram. Then Avram gave it to Yitzchak, Yitzchak gave it to Yaakov, and Yaakov then gave it to every single one of his kids, who proceeded to give it to
0: every single one of their kids. This would be known as the special Jewish gene. Now, this isn't even the most famous of the Kuzari. The one that's more commonly brought is a Kuzari, where it describes the intrinsic differences between inanimate objects and uh, plant life, plant life and animals, animals and humans. And then within humans, he brings a fifth category, the difference between humans, regular humans, and Jews. The reason we didn't bring that one down is because it is possible, now not likely, and especially considering this source, but it is possible to understand Akhizari in the lens of the difference being created, not intrinsically, but through the giving of the Torah and through our following the commandments. Right, which would still make you racist to modern-day values, but it wouldn't
1: prove a point that there's an inherent value difference. Okay, the next source is from
0: a Gemara in Yavamis. The source is Aleph sixty one A, and there it's discussing tuma uh, impurity, ritual impurity, which comes about through kvarim through uh, graves, and it says that the grave of a non Jew is not does not give off ritual impurity through the means of a tent or through uh, a covering, and the reason it says is because the pasuk describing this ritual impurity says that Adam, a, a man. And the Gemara explains that you, Jews, are called Adam, and Avdekechavim, non-Jews, are not called man. Right, and there's a Zohar, actually, which
1: I do not we're not going to bring, but there's a Zohar which says the reason why Jews are called man is because of their Ruach. The Ruach in them, which is different than the non-Jew, is what makes the Jew called Adam and not the non-Jew. The next source we want to bring is from Gemara in Shabbos. This is a Gemara in Kufmem, Vavam, and Aleph, 146a. So the Gemara is explaining what happened in our Sinai. It says, When the Nachash, the snake came on Tahaba, it placed an impurity in her, an inherent impurity in Tahaba. When the Jews stood on Har Sinai, they lost that impurity. The non-Jew who never stood on Har Sinai never lost that impurity. Not only that, is the Mechokas in the Gemara over there, where Rabbi Abba Bar Kahuna argues in the Gemara and says, no, it wasn't Har Sinai which made them lose their impurity. They already lost it a long time ago by the time of Yaakov. So again, we have another Gemara, which says that the Jews are inherently built different than the non-Jew. The Jew, through some sort of experience, lost his inherent impurity,
0: while the non-Jew retained his. The rivet actually brings down this Gemara in explaining the Dayenu, in the in the, one of the passages in Dayenu, is that if you had brought us in front of Har Sinai, that would have been enough. And the rivet explains that the benefit of going in front of Har Sinai was this Paska Zuamasan. This uh, removal of this negative quality that the Jews now have. We wanted to bring in the Rivet
1: in case you think, oh, that's
0: just a Gemara. Maybe we're going hold like it. Maybe it's not literal. The Rivet
1: brings it down. It's the explanation of what we're thanking Hashem for in the Gadush al Pesach. Now, there's another Gemara, which I thought was a fascinating Gemara. It's a Gemara in Shabbos again. This one in Lameda Medbez. So it's 30B. It's talking about the discussion of whether you can extinguish a candle to save a Jewish life. It's part of a large discussion, can you break Shabbos to save a Jewish life? And the Gemara over there gives a certain line of reasoning to allow breaking Shabbos for a life, if a life is at stake. And the Gemara says it follows, better a physical candle should be extinguished than the candle of Hashem. What's the candle of Hashem? That's the neshama of man. Now, If that's the logic that allows you to break Shabbos, that you should extinguish a physical candle instead of the candle of man, well, we know the Allah is that only a Jewish man gets a candle extinguished for him on Shabbos. You can't extinguish a candle for a non-Jew. So if that's the reasoning, then you have to say that a non-Jew's neshama is not called a candle of God, neravaya nishmas adam, the candle of God is the soul of man, because if it was, you should
0: also be able to extinguish the physical candle for the non-Jew. The next source is perhaps the most explicit that we've noticed so far, because it actually mentions in the Shaman. This is Taisvis in the Zahra Hamad Aleph uh, 5a. The Gemara had previously stated that after our Sinai, if we had not done the Chet Egel, we would stop having kids, and that would be like the final generation, and we'd last forever. The Gemara asks on that, and it says that we have a Memra, we have a statement which says that Mashiach is not going to come until all the neshamas are going to be gone. So if nobody's giving birth, there's no more neshamas
1: coming out. So Tysus asked the following question. Who says that that is a disproof that the Jews will continue to give birth? Perhaps it's the non-Jews who will continue to give birth, and through that they will, they will deplete the source of neshamas that are in the storage place, the guf. And Tosus answers, because there are actually two storage places of souls— one for the Jew and one for the non-Jew, we need to deplete these place of the Jewish souls. That is explicit, that there's a separate place for Jewish and non-Jewish
0: souls. The Sefer Chenech is Akdama, in going through a bunch of different philosophical questions that might arise when studying Judaism, he asks the interesting question, if the Torah is there to perfect man, why was it only given to one nation? Why was it not given to everybody? And to that he answers that the Jews are different and special and better than all other nations. Now, in case one thought, okay, Jews might be different than other nations, but that's because we follow the Torah. That's because we got the Torah. The Sefer Khan says, no, reverse that. You got your causality mixed up. In fact, the Jews got the Torah because we're more special. Right, and he says, we find
1: this throughout everything in life. There are better and worse. There are more athletic people. There are better land.
0: There's better food. He says, guess what? There's also better people when it comes to spirituality, and that's the Jewish people. Now, this isn't the only time the Sefer Chinuch mentions the difference between the Jews and the non-Jews, specifically in reference to their souls. He brings it up in the Mitzvah of mila, where he explains that the reason of the Mitzvah of mila is just like the Jews are different from the non-Jews in their souls, so too we want to make a difference in our body, and therefore we're circumcised. Here we have another Rishon who's explicit that the Jews and non-Jews have different souls. Now, we have some more Rishonim we're going to bring in, the Akedah Yitzchak, which is a
1: Erisho and there wrote a philosophical work on the Torah. It's called the Kedis Yitzchak. So this is in Shar Kuf Gimel, or the Gate 103, which was also the gate I missed my flight on. Now, the Kedis Yitzchak says as follows. Just like all of creation prior to the creation of man was considered the matter within which man was formed, meaning man is the form of the world, the special form of the world, so too when it comes to mankind in general... The Jews
0: are the form of mankind, meaning they're the tzura to the chimer of the world. The and in Shemai says that the Jews are Segula Mikola Amin. Now, my Rosh shiva used to say that a uh, Segula for making money was going to college. <laughs> Either way, the svarno on that Puzzleck. But obviously placed... the
1: Jews couldn't go to college because they're too skula for skula Oh my
0: God. <laughs> Either way, uh, skula means special. And the Sforna explains that the Jews are the most precious to Godesh Baruch Not just than any of the other nations, but even from the Hasidic, Umus Island, which means the greatest of the non-Jews, still the Jews are more precious to HaKadosh
1: Right. Even if the non-Jews are doing what they're supposed to be doing, it doesn't reach the level of the Jew who's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he
0: quotes quotes a mission in Pergavis, which we quoted before, that Chavivat and Niver B'Tselem, that everybody's precious because they were created in God's image, but a special Chavivus was given to the Jews because they're considered Banim HaMakam.
1: Right, the next source we're going to bring has a little more of a Kabbalistic twang to it, which is the <laughs> Rebbeinah B'chaya. This was one of the first Rashinim to write about Kabbalah. He was way early back there. Um, and he says that the reason why, the, again, similar to the Chenech, the reason why the Jews have a bris, why we're different in our body, is because the Jew is different than the non-Jew. Because the non-Jew is Arle Lave and Arle busser, Their uncircumcised heart, uncircumcised flesh, and they're from the shadim, from the demons. But the Jew, for Yisrael, they are from Kel Shakai, which is Hashem's name. Another explicit reference
0: to the different source between the Jew and the non-Jew. Now, obviously, this is not the time to go into the concept of shadim and demons, but that will be a future podcast. So be spooked. <laughs> the uh, next source is Yalshich. The Yalshich the is commenting on the verse in Devarim, Zayin Vav, chapter 7, verse 6, and he explains that it would be a lack in Hashem's honor if he didn't choose us. and if he, Or if he switched us out with another nation because we weren't doing his will. It would be a lack in Hashem's honor because our souls are chilek aleikah Mal. And there he's specifically talking about Yisrael. So again, another source
1: that says there's a difference in the makeup of the soul of the Jew and the non-Jew. Another source, the radak. and Shmuel Beys, Perak Zayin, Pasuk Chav Gimel. On the Pasuk, Mi Ham Chak Yisrael. The Redox says as follows, just like there's nobody like Hashem, there's also nobody like the Jews amongst the nations. Again, a difference between the Jews and the nations. Our next source is the Shah in the Gemara Sanhedrin, Lamed Zion and Aleph. So that Gemara over there says, why was Adam created alone? And the Gemara over there says, to let you know that if you kill a Nefesh Achasmi Israel, if you kill one Jew... It's like you destroyed an entire world. And if you save a Jew, it's like you saved an entire world. Because all of the world can be sourced in one person, Adam. Now the Marshat says, why do you say one Jew? Why doesn't it just say one person? Because Adam was a person. He wasn't necessarily Jewish. So the Marshall says it's only a Jew. It specifically said a Jew. Because only the Jew has the form of Adam, which was the form of Hashem. And that's the whole world you can save by saving his life. And that's the whole world you can destroy by killing a Jew. This is actually sourced, the Marshah is actually sourced in a medrash in Shemais Rabbah, Perik Lamed uh, Pasuk Tessayin, or Medrash Tessayan, that says if you kill one nefesh from Israel, it's like you removed the face of Hashem. Because man, and again we're talking about Yisrael, is created, is, is created in the image of the Malachi Asharis, the holy Malachim.
0: The Radvaz, commenting on the Rambam in Hilchas Mamrem, Perak Be'ez, Halach the Rambam brings a, a, a mushel, a parable there of a doctor mm-hmm. who has to chop off a limb in order to save the body. And the Ravaz explains that this mushel would not work unless we view the entire Jewish nation as one body. And he explains that the reason we could do this is because since their souls are all coming from one place, therefore they're like one guf. Again, we have another Rishon who explains that all Jews come from the same source, and there it's clearly specifically talking about Jews and not non-Jews. Right, that there's something different about the Jewish soul that has an
1: inherent tie-in to other Jewish souls, something you don't find by the non-Jew. The last two sources are Kabbalah sources, and I just wanted to cover them just so you see it's also a source in Kabbalah. It's the zayar Chadesh, and Rus. And it says that there are Jewish demons and, and Arab demons and Christian demons. And it says that, how do, how do these come about? It says from the bodies. Because the body of a Christian and an Arab and a, and a Muslim is brothers with us. Meaning we're similar in body. And, but the desire says that the non-Jews are not similar to us from Neshama or Ruach or nefesh; Those are different levels of the soul the and the is another level of the soul. But the desire is saying is that non-Jews are not similar to Jews except in body. They are not similar in the soul. The last source you want to bring is the Archaim. And the Archaim just says, this is in Shemais Chaf Chaf in Parak 20 and verse 20, that the Pasuk told us that the Jewish soul is a Chelek alikayim imal. It's a portion of the living God above. The as it's written, Chelek avaya his nation, meaning Yisrael, is a portion of Hashem. So another source. Now, the reason why I brought these in last is because they're Kabbalah sources, and it's indisputable in Kabbalah that the Jew and the non are built differently. Uh, we also didn't bring any sources in Hasidus because it's indisputable in Hasidic sources that the Jew and the non are built very differently. So I only brought them last just to, you know, cover the ground. The point of these sources, though, was to show you that it's not just in Kabbalah thought. It's not just in Hasidic thought that the Jew and the non-Jew are built differently, we showed you an array of sources coming from all different parts of Tyra
0: that clearly express that the Jew and the non-Jew are very different. I think one question that can very easily come up is, if Jews and non-Jews have separate sources, how do we have a concept of a convert? Oh, that is a good question, right? How do we have the convert? So actually, the Gemara and Shabbos that we quote, quoted
1: earlier in Kuf, Vav and Manalif, when it said that the Jews lost their Zuhuma, lost their impurity on Har Sinai, the Gemara asks for them, what about Gehrim? What's the assumption? The assumption is the Gare also loses Zuhuma, his impurity, because if he became a Jew, he has to acquire the characteristics of the Jew. So the Gemara says as follows, that even though the Gehrim weren't at Arsini, their Mazlai was there, their Mazel was at Arsini. Now, what exactly that means is not a time for now. However, the Gemara is clearly saying that you're right. Even for a Gehrim to have the the quality of a Jew in order to become a Jew, to have that separate makeup, he needs to have some relationship to what the Jews went through, some relationship to the experience. So just like
0: the Jews lost their Zuhuma, their impurity at Art Sinai, so to the Ger had to have been there. Now, it's not just the Gemara, also the Rishonim. We have this Achuva from the Maharam who explains that a Ger is somebody who had a Jewish neshama that was placed in a non-Jewish body. So that that Maram tells two things. One is that in order for a guarantee,
1: he actually has to have the Jewish soul, but it also tells us that there's a difference between a Jewish soul and a non-Jewish soul, because he says there's such a thing called a Jewish soul that ends up in a non-Jewish body. Now, there's another idea, which is that the fact that a non-Jew converted lets you know he has this quality within him, meaning you can look at a non-Jew and if he converts properly, made it through... You can look back and go, okay, well, now we know he must have had this special soul, which is why Hashem arranged the world in a way that his soul would come out and make him or or compel him to convert to Judaism. Now, notably, the Kuzari says that a ger actually can't become a prophet because of his lack of the spiritual makeup of a Jew. So another way to answer this question of, well, what about a ger is, you're right, a ger is not as not as holy as a regular Jew. We showed some sources that say the ger has the soul of the Jew, but we also saw the kuzari, which say to perhaps he doesn't have,
0: and that's why he actually lacks in certain areas. So as we've seen, the consensus of the plethora of Torah sources support this idea that Jews and non-Jews have intrinsic differences, and the Jew... Jews' neshama is a higher level than the non-Jews' neshama. Now, that's not an excuse to mistreat anyone or look down at anyone. Uh, Every person has their position in life. Every one of Hashem's creations has their position. The key now is to recognize the truth of the difference, and based on that, figure out how to deal with each person in his position. And as usual, the key to doing that is the Torah. So in this
1: episode, we've discovered that the Torah seems old. There is a difference, but we have not got into how
0: do we treat the difference. And that's something we'll do in a later episode, God willing. But as some of our listeners may have noticed, we did leave out one notable philosophical reshone. Moshe ben Maimon. The Rambam, who, as usual, is going to be a little bit more complicated, a little more nuanced, and, as usual, has been shoehorned into the position that there is no intrinsic difference between a Jew and a non-Jew which is much more appealing to the modern mind. But we're going to have to hit that up next episode because this episode is done.
1: Guys, please share. If you have questions, please email us at Jewish Thought Flow. Please like on whatever platform you are listening to. Peace.